We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Bulls, 118-109, in a game that started terribly for the Nets and felt like we were going to see a blowout, you know, the second night of a back-to-back team maybe just doesn't have the juice or the energy, but it all changed in the second quarter where the Nets turned it up and never looked back. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But as I mentioned, you know, that first quarter, the Nets just came out dead, just did not have energy, ended up losing that quarter 36 to 19. At one point, they were down 30 to 9 in the first quarter of this game. And the Bulls were just scorching hot from deep. Guys were hitting threes from every angle, including guys that weren't necessarily having good seasons from deep like Patrick Williams. And, you know, the Nets in the end of that first quarter started to find a little bit of energy and groove, especially when the second unit came in. But then that second quarter, things changed. You know, the defense turned up, the energy turned up. The Nets started knocking down threes. They knocked down 11 threes in the second quarter, ended up going winning that quarter 44 to 19 after the Bulls went 36 to 19 against them in the first. So just a really complete change you know this is a a 180 in terms of play and shooting you know I think watching the first quarter the Nets took a lot of bad shots but also missed a lot of open threes in that first just did not have any life to them or any like real just energy and effort not not something we've typically seen from this team to start especially this version of the Nets but in that second quarter they flipped the switch and guys were just getting hot you know Royce O'Neal Lonnie Walker you know I think Spencer did when he started to find his groove a little bit, really turned it up in the third. But just overall, the team vibe and energy, and it just was super contagious uh, contagious across the board. And credit to, again, a lot of the bench guys coming in and bringing energy. Dayron Sharp, Trendon Watford, Lonnie Walker. You know, those guys I thought were really important in terms of, you know, turning the switch and, you know, flipping the page for the Nets going to that second quarter and just understanding, hey, this game's not over. You know, if there's a time to be down by 20 plus, the first is the best time because now. Now you have the longest time to make a comeback. But for the Nets, it really didn't matter because, again, after that second quarter, the Nets took care of the deficit already, you know, and they found themselves in really good position to win this game. After being down 30 to 9, uh, 30 to 9 in that first quarter, the Nets ended up beating the Bulls 109 79 the rest of the way. So just almost uh, an exact example of Mikel's 
performance the night before against Miami where he was not good for the first quarter, but it was good for the next three quarters. And that was essentially the Nets tonight. Not good for the first quarter of this game, but good for the next three and handled business. And obviously a lot of that was thanks to their three-point shooting a you know, a franchise, a second highest total of th- th- made threes in franchise history at 25, 25 of 53 from deep. It just felt like every time after that second quarter, the three was going down for this team. So really good stuff. You know, I think it doesn't necessarily seem like much, you know, it's just a win on the calendar. But the fact is the Nets could have easily, you know, sent this one in shorthanded. Nick Claxton, a late scratch for this game. You know, obviously Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons still out. Dennis Smith Jr. still out. So still not a ton of guys even fully healthy. Some, you know, preferred starters not available. And the Nets bounce back in that second, get a win. And, you know, now 8-8 eight and eight on the season. A couple winnable games coming up. And it looks like Cam Thomas could be back in a week or two for this squad. And all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about where the Nets are at moving forward so happy with the performance happy what we saw their mentality and I think defensively we really saw them turn up as I mentioned that second quarter and they continue that trend throughout the rest of the game but I thought in the third you know things got a little stagnant you know the Bulls ended up switching more we got into a little Spencer you know he's so happy and I think he started to realize what they were doing and he was able to attack it and utilize the switches they were putting on him a little bit better after a couple possessions the next thing you know Spencer was cooking in this game and he had a huge performance in that third quarter and fourth quarter you know finishing the game with 24 points 7 of 17 from the field 3 of 9 from deep 7 of 8 from the free throw line 5 rebounds 10 assists 1 steal uh, 2 turnovers and you know again he had 8 free throw attempts probably could have shot 12 or 13 in this game definitely some questionable missed calls they they called him for an offensive foul on the kick out on his three which i thought was probably would have been better off as a no call and then also another play in this game where it looked like he was clearly undercut from three he still knocked it down but did not get the free throw again that's an ongoing battle between spencer and the refs but really happy with the way he played especially when he's getting downhill we saw him even try to throw a poster in this one i mean if you're getting 24 and 7 on pretty good efficiency from your point guard you know you're gonna you're probably gonna have a pretty successful offense, especially considering you know it was a very quiet night for Mikel Bridges. Cam Johnson left this one in the third quarter. You know Lonnie Walker gave him some major boosts from the bench, but you know this was really in terms of the starters. You know. Spencer Dinwiddie and Royce O'Neal carried the load, and Royce filling in for Nick Claxton. And Royce in this game was scorching hot from three, six of ten from deep, seven eleven from the field, ten uh, twenty points, nine boards, four assists, one steal, one turnover, just easily Royce O'Neal's best game of the season, especially when you consider what he was doing from the three-point line. And we've talked about it in the past, you know, air, inconsistent area for him, but when he's hot, he's hot. And he was hot tonight also. I thought defensively, you know, he utilizes his physicality against some of these Bulls and, you know, the matchups with DeRozan and even getting switched on the Vucevic and Pat Williams at times. So happy with the play uh, of Royce O'Neal and hopefully he can kind of continue that moving forward and, you know, give a little bit more offensive production off the bench because he's been very quiet Biden's had very little production at times off the bench in terms of the scoring department, but we'll see what, how that all plays out for him. Maybe this could be a nice confidence booster. As I mentioned with Cam Johnson, you know, left the game in the third quarter with cramps, which is a little strange. You know, I, I don't think you typically see many NBA athletes deal with cramps in, you know, in multiple games. You know, and this happened the other night against the Hawks. Obviously, he missed a lot of time. Maybe his conditioning's not there, but some of it is usually tied to nutrition. So very interesting to see how the Nets handle this and, you know, if this is an ongoing issue for Cam or part of a bigger issue or whatever going with him. But we'll see how it plays out for Cam Johnson. Uh, over to Dorian Finney-Smith. 
not a huge game for him, but I think he was asked to do more in terms of the defensive end, the physicality department. You know, you throw him on Vucevic, you throw him on DeRozan, had possessions on Levine. You know, you're asking DFS to do a ton of this game, finish with nine points, three of 10 from the field, three of seven from deep, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, one turnover. Um, wasn't, like I said, his best offensive game, wasn't super hot from three or anything like that. Tried to drive a couple times, really didn't work out. Didn't get foul calls, but also looked a touch out of control and a little predictable in terms of what he was trying to do and obviously he doesn't have that in between game so sometimes can be easy to defend we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, Mikel Bridges just wasn't getting a ton of touches, wasn't very aggressive throughout four quarters in this game. You know, there was moments and times where he performed well in terms of the offense, but only seven shots, five of seven from the field, four or six from three, one or two from the free throw line, six assists, two rebounds, 15 points, two turnovers. You would like to see him just call for the ball and dictate more offensively. You know, obviously the team won and it was a productive performance, but I still think, you know, obviously for the Nets to be a very successful team, they're going to need more from Mikel Bridges. And I think just seven attempts just isn't enough. And it's not like this is a game where the Nets are up 20 or 30 and it didn't truly matter. You know, through the third and fourth quarter of this game, the Bulls were within anywhere from 8 to 15 points. So you'd like to see Mikel probably put up 20 or at least put up 
12 to 14 shots. I think that's what's a little bit more, I don't want to say concerning, but you look at it and you're like, okay, you know, hopefully this is kind of a one game thing, you know, Tuesday against the Raptors. So we see him back up to his normal level of production and attempts and involvement in the offense. And I thought defensively, you know, had some good moments in this game, but overall, you know, wasn't a huge game for Mikel Bridges. Felt more like a role player in this game rather than a star player. And, you know, we've talked about it, Jack and I, in the last previous couple of shows is, you know, hopefully he can find that rhythm and get back to being at that star level he was last season because the Nets obviously need him to be that guy they want to be a playoff team and you know have a chance to fight for a decent seed and not be in the playing tournament but we'll see how it plays out with him still very early in the season still a team finding their way and as we've mentioned and I've mentioned a million times is you know it's just a lot of different versions of this team rotations lineups styles of play you know they'll kind of eventually get healthy have a consistent stretch and we'll have even a better idea of you know who they are as a unit but getting to the bench guys as i mentioned just really important in this one lonnie walker had an awesome game nice to see him bounce back after not a bad stretch but just a little quieter stretch from after the way he started in the season i think he looked a little bit more spry in this one 20 points 6 of 13 from the field 6 of 10 from three just felt automatic from there 2 of 2 from the free throw line one rebound two steals two turnovers and plus 23 in this one just really good stuff from Lonnie and just the energy and the effort was there and offensively when you have a guy that can knock down six threes it's going to be huge and I'll keep bringing it up because going into you know the season and the offseason around Lonnie Walker and the reason he probably didn't get a bigger contract was there were still questions about his three-point shot you know with the Lakers he definitely showed improvement on the three ball and defensively and I think this year we're seeing him become a good three-point shooter which is going to be a huge thing for his NBA career you know that sometimes could be the difference of being you know fringe of the rotation guy to being locked in the rotation you know if he continues his play he's going to be up for six man of the year likely wouldn't win it but will have a real opportunity to be in the conversation and that type of hype around your name is always good for your career and for your next contract and again as we've talked about he's on a veteran minimum we'll see how that plays out over the course of the next couple months but really happy with the play of Lonnie Walker and what he's doing for this Brooklyn Nets team now over over to Trenton Watford I actually thought this was one of my favorite Trenton Watford games in a Nets uniform. Uh, he played 17 minutes, but he was just really under control. Uh, wasn't forcing it too much. Wasn't getting himself in bad situations or taking bad shots. You know, finished with 11 points, 5-8 from the field, 1-2 of two from 3, 0-1 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and just provide another ball handler, another playmaker. And when he got the mismatches against like a Kobe White or something, we just went right downhill or where he got a clear lane to the hoop, just went right downhill and did his thing. And I think that's such a huge you know, option for the Nets coming off the bench. And I think defensively, he's been good enough. You know, I think he's probably a little bit more laterally quick than what I anticipated, but also at the same time lacks overall quickness with some of the movements at times and doesn't necessarily have a great vertical, so he's not getting up to block a ton of shots, but really more of a true power forward power forward uh, for this team, which is something the Nets haven't necessarily had over the course of you know last 10 seasons or so, like somebody who can really allow them to play a five and a four, a true five and four and play bigger. So, you know, you could play a lineup of Dayron Sharp, Trendon Watford, and, you know, Dorian 
Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges, and Spencer Dinwiddie, and now you're really huge out there. Not saying that's a lineup I would love to play, but definitely some interesting stuff in what we see and the versatility can provide, especially the lineup versatility when you have a guy like Watford because of what he can do on offense with his ball handling, where now you don't necessarily have to play two really good ball handling creating guards because you have a guy like Watford who can pick up some of that slack. So pairing him with Spencer Dinwiddie gives you enough ball handling and creation out there because Spencer's comfortable handling a lot, playmaking, doing all this stuff, but giving him a little safety valve and someone who can give him some plays off, then throwing him a Kel Bridges who's not really a great ball handler but can create a little bit for himself and others, now all of a sudden... You know, you have, a, you have a nice running offense without your starters, and I think that's what the Nets are trying to get to. Obviously, we want the defense to get to that top 10, top 7 level, but offensively, finding consistency throughout different lineups is huge for this team when you lack the stars. Because when you have a true star, you know, we've seen this in the pack, when you have a, a Kevin Durant, a, a James Harden, you know, those guys can be an offensive engine on their on the, on their own. You know, you could throw out four mediocre bench players and all of a sudden you're still plus 10 in terms of offensive versus defensive rating. So like that's such a huge factor finding consistency throughout different lineups when it's, you know, starters, bench, a mix of two, whatever it is. So I think Watford's really solidifying himself and his skill set and giving Vaughn a standard for his play. But now over to Dayron Sharp, who, you know, I thought had a really nice game in this one, plus 31. And it wasn't necessarily his most productive game. He just did a nice job of using his body. You know, still got attacked in pick and roll in this game by Zach Levine, who obviously is still a great athlete and can finish over the best of them. And, and, and Sharp took a bad three in this one. But I thought overall provided a level of physicality, grit, toughness, made some hustle plays on a night where the Nets really needed that. Nine boards three offensive did what he needed to do a couple nice passes squeezing there too for Dayron Sharp so happy with his performance Armani Brooks you know played a couple minutes beginning of the fourth quarter because of the absence of Cam Johnson didn't do much but miss a couple shots but not you know it's hard to come in and be impactful especially when it's late in the game like that but overall again really happy with this performance for the Nets and just again showing the ability to not be knocked out of any game and just always willing to fight and grit and get yourself back in the game and just that's kind of the identity of this team so far this season so and now, you know, Nets 8-8 eight and eight at a decent spot considering all the injuries. You know, Claxton's missed time, Ben Simmons out, Cam Thomas out, DSJ out. Now you have the Raptors on Tuesday, you know, the M- NBA in-season tournament game. A pretty big game for the Nets. You know, they haven't kind of a, a way to dictate their their future you know if they win this game by you know 30 points that would go a long way in their chances at you know winning their their division or potentially even winning a wild card spot then they they're going to face the hornets on thursday and the magic on saturday so two definitely winnable games coming up against the raptors and hornets or games in which the nets will be favorites and then a game on saturday against the magic that could go 50 50 obviously the nets already beat the magic this season orlando playing some pretty good basketball though so be really good stuff if you could go three straight wins here and then make it a five game winning streak going into that road trip on the west coast with a little bit of cushion but also a little bit of momentum to kind of get yourself in the winning ways but We'll see how it all plays out. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms.